first episode of the Park Student Ministry Podcast. This is Josh Campbell, the youth pastor of the Park Church in San Antonio. And I wanted to thank you guys for listening today. Um, I want to start off with a couple things. Uh, first off, um, I hope everyone is enjoying their Christmas break. Uh, we got a couple weeks off from school, and so I'm bringing these podcasts out to uh, to get you guys into the Word, into Bible study, because we're not having youth group this weekend, next week, and that's this week of the 21st and the 28th. So in the meantime, uh, listen to these podcasts, and hopefully we can get you going there. Um, again, a couple announcements. Um, we were not having Sunday morning Bible study this week or next week. This week is Christmas. Next week is the 1st of January, New Year's. Um, so we're just going to be having the church service at 1045. Also, a couple big announcements coming up for uh, next year. On February, the weekend of February 17th, we're going to be having a D now. And that's going to be at Castle Hills First Baptist Church. Um, and then we're going to be staying at host homes from our church. The cost for that is going to be $35. And we're going to have sign-up sheets available starting uh, this coming for the, the first week of January that we're back. Um, and so that's going to be the fourth. So uh, just keep a heads up on that also. Um, we're going to be uh, we're looking to be planning a retreat in April as well as youth camp in the summer. So get looking for that. So we'll have more information about that here after a little while. So um, let's just jump into the Bible study. Uh, last week, we started talking in the book of Daniel. We're starting, uh, we're, we started a series called Courage, talking about standing up and standing firm. Um, and so we're going to continue that study here. And today we're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 3. Um, and so if you would, just follow along. Uh, and you can listen along also. Um, so we're going to start reading in uh, Daniel chapter 3, verse 1. It says, King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide and set it up on the plain of the Dura in the province of Babylon. And he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, and everyone in the provincial office, officials to come to the dedication of the statue. And, he sh- and the herald shouted, People of all races, nations, and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. So at the sound of the instruments, all the people, regardless of their race, nation, or language, they bowed to the ground and worshipped the golden statue. But some of the astrologers went to the king and informed on the Jews. They said the king they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, Long live the king. You issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. The decree also states that anyone who refuses to obey must be thrown into the blazing furnace. There are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the golden statue that you have set up. So in verse 13, we see Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that, that these three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, be brought before him. And when they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said, Is it true that you refuse to serve my gods and worship the golden statue I've set up? He said, I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I've made. And when you hear the sound of musical instruments, but if you refuse, you will be thrown into the burning furnace. And what God will be able to rescue you from my power? 
So they said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the furnace, the God whom we serve will be able to serve us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. So let's talk about that first. Um, and we had met Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego back uh, last week in the first chapter, and we were talking about uh, eating the king's food and the, how these three boys decided to, instead of eating the rich foods of the king, they decided to uh, eat just vegetables and water. And, um, you know, it, it kind of proved that they could do things under God's provision, right? God was going to take care of them, and they didn't have to go the way of the world. And that's kind of what we were talking about last week is, um, you know, even when everyone else around you, even if it's not necessarily a bad thing, even if it's not necessarily something that's sinful, uh, we still need to stand up against these things that aren't necessarily good for us, right? And we need to to make the stand for God in those decisions. So now we're set up with this this new situation that they're in, and we see King Nebuchadnezzar, um, and he's made this golden statue, 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. Uh, this is a giant golden statue. And wanna, to see the reasons for this, we can look back in the previous chapter where King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream about uh, this statue that's made of all these different um, metals and you know some parts made of clay and silver and gold and iron and all these different things and uh the king doesn't know what it means he's terrified and so he gets daniel to come in to uh, uh tell him what the dream is and what the dream meant and basically to sum it up the statue was showing that um, there's going to be different kingdoms that are going to follow his because his kingdom's going to fall um and he didn't you know he the freaked him out, terrified him. And so now he's building this, this giant solid golden statue. Um, and he's, he wants everyone to bow down to it. So he's basically saying, look guys, I am the king. I am the majesty. Um, this is going to let you know that this is for real. So you're going to bow down and you're going to worship. And so, um, and I can picture this happening. Like you, you know, you see this golden statue that's kind of, it's on a hill. Um, and it's in this giant area that's, you know, there's nothing there. And so it could be seen from just, I mean, probably miles away. Uh, and so people are looking around and, um, you know, the, the sound of the horn and all these instruments start happening. And so everyone's starting to bow down and worship this statue. Now, um, you know, we got to look at this and say, you know, it's kind of like this is what the world wants, right? We look at our current situation. We see that, you know, there's a lot of stuff around us that we can worship, right? We can worship uh, an athlete. We can worship a band. We can worship a, uh, you know, we can worship a leader. Um, you know, we can worship money. We can worship anything. And there's a lot of things in this life that uh, can be put up on this pedestal that, you know, at the sound of the horns, we all bow down and worship, Right, and that's just the norm. That's just what our society wants us to do. But you know, we're we're not called to worship other things. We're called to worship God. So, so we see uh, these three guys: Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you know, they've been put in charge of the province of Babylon, right? Because remember that that very first time we met them was when they you know didn't eat the king's food, and because of that, because of their strength, because of their dedication. The king put them in charge of the province of Babylon. I mean, this is a big deal. These guys were taken from their homes. Remember, we talked about that. They were taken from their homes, and they were being brainwashed to become Babylonians as opposed to uh, Judeans. 
And so these guys are in charge of the province because just of how how great they were and how you know dedicated they were and how God gave them strength and gave them leadership and wisdom and all these things. So um, these guys are now in charge. So this is this is a pretty big deal. When the king says everyone must bow down, the first people he looked to do this would be the leaders that he put in place because he wants them to lead by example. You know, he wants them to make <clears throat> he wants them to make the example of what everyone else needs to do. And so he's looking at these three and he's saying, you know, what what's going on? Is it true that you don't want to serve my gods or worship the statue I've put up? And I think this is interesting because um, it's a statue um, of himself, um, and he's saying he does. You know, he's questioning whether or not they want to worship his gods. So in a way, he's kind of putting himself as a god figure, right? And, and sometimes we think, oh, that's crazy, you know. But uh, let's think about that for a second. There's a lot of things that we can assume are going to help us in our time of need. There's a lot of things we can assume they're going to. Um, act as God in our life, uh, you know, and, and we're like, oh, yeah, that's whatever. But when we start putting our faith and our trust in things other than Jesus Christ, other than God, we are making little gods of these things. So to say that Nebuchadnezzar was wanting to be God or be a God, um, that's not too far out of the picture. And that's what's happening. Um, so then he says, uh, is it true that you didn't? And he said, I'm going to give you one more chance to bow down and worship when you hear the instruments. But if you refuse, I will throw you into the furnace. And then he says, then he tags on this, you know, the last line says, and then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? He says, what God would be able to rescue you from my power? This is like an ego trip. I mean, this is, this is, this is him just saying, look, it's, it's my way or no way. Right, he said, "Look, it, it doesn't matter. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you another shot. I'm, I'm such a gracious, loving person. I'm going to give you another chance to make this happen. I'm going to give you another chance to bow down and worship. And if you don't, then I'm going to throw you in the fire. And so, um, in the next, you know, the next part we see, you know, they answer. They say, look, we don't need to defend ourselves before you.'" I can't imagine getting in front of the king, getting in front of the the president, getting in front of the leader, the the person who is in charge, getting in front of that person and say, I don't have to defend myself before you. You know, if if you if we're thrown into the furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power. But if he doesn't, and this is this is the part that I think we need to really focus on right here is he says, but even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear that we will never serve your gods or worship the golden statue that you have set up. How many of us can say we have that mindset? That we go into a situation where we really want God to save us. You know, we go into a situation where we're like, God, we need you. Please, please rescue me. You know, it's easy for us to say that, right? It's easy for us to go into a situation and say, you know, God, save us. You know, we know God can save us. But what if he doesn't? You know, I think that's the question we need to ask is, what if he doesn't? How are we going to react then? See, it's easy for us to worship God. It's easy for us to trust in God when things are going good, right? I mean, when the skies are blue and, and everything's happy and everything's going great, it's easy for us to, you know, oh God, you're great. 
But what about when things are going bad? You know, in this situation, this is life or death. I mean, this is a this is a furnace. I mean, the furnace here isn't kind of what we have today at all. Um, this is a, basically a big room full of fire. A big room full of fire. Okay? Just picture that real quick. Picture a, a room full of fire. So, um, so they said, you know, hey, it doesn't matter. We're not going to defend ourselves. We don't have to. Because we know God is able to save us. The God who we serve is able to save us. But even if he doesn't, we will not worship your gods or your statue. Man, I wish, I want, I want that for all of us. I want us to be able to face these situations in life where everyone else around us is worshiping something else. Right? Everyone around us is worshiping Justin Bieber. Okay, I know. I'm just kidding about that. But, but everyone around us is worshiping something like it's money or or popularity or like we we'll just give in because that's what everyone else is doing and that's what that's what we feel like we're supposed to do. But we need to be able to step up and say, I don't have to do this. I don't have to do this, and I know my God's going to take me through it. And even when we're facing the tough times, we need to be able to say, God, I know that. You have the power to rescue me, but if you don't, I'm still going to stand up for you. That's a pretty tough cookie to swallow, really, if you think about it. That's that's called devotion. That's devoting your life to something other than yourself. And that's that's huge. And that's what being a Christian, that's part, that's what part of being a Christian is all about, right? I was talking on the um, during our Christmas party about how, you know, Jesus, Jesus came to earth you know, as a little baby and, you know, cute little, cute little baby Jesus. But he came to die. Like his whole purpose for coming to earth, his whole purpose for being born in a manger, his whole purpose for, you know, the immaculate conception and all these things was that he could grow up and die for us. And like, that's devotion. You know, there were times, you know, Jesus was all human and all God. And that's kind of, that's a tough, that's a tough picture to see sometimes because, um, you know, it's really hard for us to imagine imagine that, you know, as, as happening. But see, the thing is, is that um, that's, that's the picture of devotion. That's the picture of sacrifice. Like, that's Jesus. Jesus was a man. Jesus could have said, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. Right? He was, he's a man. He could have said that. But then that would have completely, completely gone off who he is and his purpose in life. And so he died on the cross, and you know, we even see an example while Jesus was praying in the garden. He said, you know, if it, if it be, please let this cup pass, right? Jesus was getting to that point where he was like, that's crunch time, right? They were, he was about to get arrested. He was about to get the, all these things moving in motion. He said, if, if it be, let this cup pass from me. But then he follows it up with, but not my will, but your will be done. And so that's kind of how it is with these three. He's saying, look. Even if he doesn't save us, we're not going to bow down and worship any other God but him. Right? That's that's showing devotion to God. So we continue the story. And Nebuchadnezzar gets furious. Um, and I like this verse 19. He says, he was so furious, his face became distorted with rage. I can just imagine this, you know, this king. Is, okay, anyways. So he commanded the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual. 
seven times hotter. So this is a room full of fire that's being made seven times hotter than it was before. Um, so then he gets some of the strongest men in his army to bind them and throw them into the furnace. So they tied it up, threw them in the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and garments. Because the king, in his anger, demanded such a hot fire, the flames killed the soldiers that threw the men in. All right, so this is intense, right? You know, we see all these, you know, we see fires on TV, and, you know, we see all these things, and, you know, firefighters going in and the fires and everything around it, but... This fire is so hot that it kills the guys that throw these three men in. Like, these guys aren't even in the fire, but yet they're being killed because it's so hot. That's intense, all right? So keep that in mind. So the king and his ang- uh so, you know, he gets angry, throws them in, and so they're securely tied, and they're falling into the flames, and... But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up, and this is verse 24, he jumped up in amazement and exclaimed... Didn't we tie up three men and throw them in the furnace? Right? And the advisors say, yeah, we, we certainly did. And Nebuchadnezzar is saying, look, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. So now, it's hard for me to picture this, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to you know, fathom what's happening um, because it's still just – it's crazy. There's this – this room full of fire, seven times hotter than it's supposed to be, and he dumps these three guys in, and here's four men unbound and walking, and Nebuchadnezzar says the fourth looks like a god. So it makes me wonder, like, what this image was, right? It makes me wonder what, you know, what is this looking like to someone from the outside, especially to someone like Nebuchadnezzar? So he came as close as he could to the door and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So they stepped out, and they saw the fire hadn't touched them. Not a hair on their head was singed, their clothing was not scorched, and they didn't even smell of smoke. Look, this is this is the burning bush times like a million, right? The burning bush back in... Um, Back with Moses in Exodus and and how, you know, God spoke to Moses through this bush that was on fire but wasn't consumed by the fire, right? It wasn't getting burned at all. It was just flaming. It was pretty intense. But now here's these three guys who are in this furnace and the fire hadn't even touched them. See, anytime I'm even around a campfire or around a barbecue grill or something with flames, you're going to smell like smoke, right? That's just what happens, you know, and whenever you're camping, you're around a campfire and everything smells like smoke. And then you're trying to get that smell out for like weeks and you can't because it's just there. These guys didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. So Nebuchadnezzar is starting to get the picture and he's starting to really understand. I I say he's starting to understand, but... he's starting to realize what's happening. He said, first off, he calls, you know, servants of the most high God. So he's not saying that God is the only God yet. He's saying that he's the most high God. He's still saying he's above the other gods. But then he says in verse 28, he says, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his soldiers who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race, nation, or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they'll be torn limb from limb. Their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. 
So he gave them even higher positions. Let's focus on that passage right there. He said, they defied the king's command, were willing to die rather than serve or worship any God except their own. How many of us can say that? How many of us can, can, how many of us would other people say that about? Like if someone was to talk to you, if someone was going to say something about you, listener, if someone was going to say something about you, would they say that you were willing to die rather than serve or worship any God except their own? Now we can look at that and say, oh yeah, no, nah, don't worry. I'm not going to serve any of those other gods, right? We can list other gods in the categories and all these things, but it's not just talking about like these idols or stuff. We're talking about what other gods in our lives, right? Are we going to worship the God of money? Are we going to worship the God of popularity? Are we going to worship the God of sex or the God of, um, you know, athletics, right? Or any of these other things. We can turn anything into a God. Anything that we devote our life to can be a God. So are we going to be willing to die rather than serve or worship any other God? Are we going to be so on fire? No pun intended. Actually, the pun is intended. Thank you. Are we going to be so on fire for God that people are going to say, this person, Josh, man, he was willing to die rather than give up his faith. He was willing to die rather than follow what the crowd is doing against what he knows he's supposed to do. That's the thing we need to ask ourselves. And, you know, we're coming into the new year and we all like to make New Year's resolutions. And Andy, my wife, and I were talking about that. And we were talking about, you know, what we need to do in the new year and some of the new things, some of the things we need to get more focused on and more concentrated on. And, I mean, we can make these resolutions, but let's get real. Most of the time they're just going to, you know, fizzle out and we're not going to do it. And by the third, maybe the third week of January, we already forgot about those resolutions. So let's do this. Instead of making some kind of New Year's resolution that we're going to forget, that we're going to not follow through, that we're going to, you know, neglect, let's do this. How about we make a life change right now? Don't wait for the January 1st. Don't wait for the new year. Let's start right now. Let's make it our goal to live so much for Christ, so much for God that when other things are going on around us, when our friends are getting into all these things that, and they're trying to get us into to the bad things that we don't need to be getting involved in or we don't need to be doing, when, when we're trying to be pushed into these situations of worshiping something else, let's remember and let's focus on Jesus Christ. Let's focus on the relationship we have with him. You know, we can focus on the baby in the manger. We can focus on what that baby was brought to earth for, why Jesus was here. And let's make that our goal, our goal in life, not just this year, not just the new year, not just whatever. Let's make that our goal. Our goal is to live for Christ. Okay. And let's just use these three as an example. We've already seen them stand firm against, you know, eating the, the king's food and doing the things they knew they weren't supposed to be doing. But now they're standing up against everyone else in the face of death. And they're standing up for what they believe in. They're standing up for their faith. Make that your goal. 
Let me pray for us. God, I just thank you so much for giving us examples of how we can live our lives for you. Father, in the midst of everything going on around us, in the midst of peer pressure, God, in the midst of all the other gods we can worship in this world, thank you for giving us the wisdom and guidance to know that you are the one true God. And that if we try to find ourselves in anything else, we're just going to come up empty. But God, you're the only one who can fill us. Father, I just pray for the, everyone who's traveling during this season. I pray for um, all the, the families and, and all the things that we're going to be doing. I pray that we can just keep our focus on you. God, we thank you. We love you. Pray this in your name. Amen. All right. Don't forget that we were not having youth Bible study on Wednesday nights or Sunday mornings until January 4th. Um, and make sure that you uh, start preparing to sign up for the D now in the weekend of February 17th. Like I said, we're going to have more information on our Facebook page. So make sure to check that out. And until then, I will see you next week here on the Park Youth Podcast. Thanks for listening.